0: allegedly to where you can actually go off and do your own thing
1: this is the voice of reason with andy who darn right it is hey welcome
0: into the show it is another day in paradise because every day is a great day in paradise here in the us of a yes even with a ridiculously absurd biden administration and the shenanigans they try to pull every single day that part's a little frustrating. Outside of that, hey, everything's great. Hunky-dory. <laughs> Wonderful. Welcome into the show. We have a heck of a lot to talk about today. This is The Voice and I am Andy Hoosier, broadcasting live out of the heart of the nation here in Wichita, Kansas, on our flagship radio station. All over the country, radio, TV, live streaming, and podcasting. Welcome aboard to your Millennial General reporting for duty like we do every single day. So yesterday was a jam-packed, crazy, wild day on the show. We had two guests on. Not a whole lot of time for you and I to kind of chit the chat and have a little one-on-one conversation. Today, our guest unfortunately had to cancel because she has the COVID-19. That's the Rona. And, And that's not Fake news. I mean, that is legit. We talked to her a little bit ago. She's not feeling well. She's doing okay, but not feeling well, just under the weather. So we're going to reschedule, get her back on the show a little bit later on. Uh, But Krisha Lenzo, Harvard and Technology, we've had her on many times before. She is the co-host of the podcast. Uh, It's... um I don't remember the name of the podcast right now. Talking for two, I believe, with Krisha and Michael. And they have a great show. Oh, I've been on there a couple of times with them, so it's awesome. They're, she's also with Harvard and Technology talking about the stock market, as she is a former stock uh, journalist on the floor talking about all the trading and stuff. So we'll get to her here soon. We'll talk about the economy, inflation rates, all that good jazz, which is what we had in store for her today. But uh, the COVID-19 more important, so hopefully she gets feeling better. And thoughts and prayers to her and her entire family who's sitting at home right now uh, with the Rona, so that's quite unfortunate. But that's okay. That means you and I a little bit more intimate today. We get to talk the ta- chat, chit the chat, and talk the talk, and figure out what the heck's going on in the world with just you and I. And we have a heck of a lot to talk about for sure. So let's get right into because today is another exciting day. Today is election day. What's trending today? Now coming off of the very hotly contested uh, Pennsylvania elections from last Tuesday. Which we do, by the way, have a winner. I know that they were still counting some of the uh, mail-in votes and some of the uh, late votes that came in in the state, but it sounds like that Dr. Oz was that final victor from the state of Pennsylvania. He was on Newsmax a
1: couple of days ago claiming the victory on how to move forward with the general election. I think your number's about right, but that's actually not the big story. The big story is I don't see our opponents' runway to victory. There's far fewer votes left to Cali. Every day we make significant advances there. This election is ours. In the meantime, I think I should focus on unifying our party. This was a very contentious uh, campaign. We, you know, everyone got their car, their tires kicked, so we know exactly what folks are made out of. But it's time for our party to take on John Fetterman, who I should introduce to your viewers. You know, I, I am praying he makes a full recovery. By the way, he has a condition, a heart condition, that I actually treat as a Penn, you know, UPenn-trained heart doc, and I'm optimistic he'll be healthy. But we are going to face off in the general, and Pennsylvania has a clear choice between Republicans and Democrats here probably more clearly than a lot of other states in the country. Fetterman is to the left of Biden, so he supports spending and, and restricting energy production, which is in Pennsylvania a major catastrophe because it hurts the livelihoods of Pennsylvanians because we have so much energy. It drives up inflation for the whole country as well and compromises our national security. I'm for liberating energy producers, to tr- so they should trust governments so that we're not going to cut their, their feet off from under them, and that way they'll produce energy and reduce inflation. And I'll just point out one pet peeve of mine. Fetterman wants socialized medicine, the same way, by the way, Bernie Sanders is. He's been likened to a tall Bernie Sanders. And we saw what happens with a one-size-fits-all approach. It just doesn't work. It didn't work during COVID. It's not going to work for your personal health. I want private solutions customized to your needs. Here's the big deal. I want to take this message to every corner of the Commonwealth, including places that don't usually expect Republicans. You know, I've done free clinics across the Commonwealth. I've been in Philadelphia and Pittsburgh. I understand the challenges of these future Republican voters and I respect their needs.
0: So that was Dr. Oz last week. Well, just a couple of days ago on Newsmax TV after his victory there in Pennsylvania, the hotly contested primary we saw. Last week, and already shifting gears into that general election, going after Federman, the Democrat opponent for the U.S. Senate in the state of Pennsylvania, and an interesting twist for sure going after him for the universal health care As a doctor, as a nationally renowned doctor, as a celebrity doctor that's been on TV for years talking about medical issues. He's talked a little bit about holistic health things, which kind of intrigues me, and completely against the universal health care. Really, again, like he did during the primary race, really embracing the stronghold Republican-based talking points trying to win them over after getting that nomination. So he's off to a good start, and I will applaud him for that. I know some are still relatively skeptical of Dr. Oz in, in Pennsylvania on whether he's going to actually be the conservative or whether he is going to be that moderate candidate in that state. But he's starting off strong at least with that conservative talking point trying to win over those voters. That's going to be an interesting one. But we go from one state last week, which was huge, as Donald Trump would say, huge and bigly. That was one that the media really tried to focus on for dividing Republicans, dividing Kathy Barnett, that up-and-comer. The one that's a white supremacist is the black female, because that makes all the sense of the world. But she's a radical. She hates gays, and she hates minorities, and she hates this, and she hates that. And look at this, what Kathy Barnett's doing Will she be able to steal it from the Donald Trump-endorsed MAGA crowd of Dr. Oz, or will the ultra MAGA take over in the state of Pennsylvania? That's what we heard last week. Then they very quickly transition from that election into what's going on right now with the state of Georgia, especially there are, in our latest in what's trending... What's trending today? There are three primary states going on today, including the states of Alabama, uh, Arkansas, and, of course, Georgia. Georgia being the hotly contested one for today because, again, the media is trying to focus on the divisiveness of the Republican Party, the division within the party, and the MAGA versus the Ultra MAGA versus the, I guess, maga light. Is that how we is that how we're categorizing that? It's like fast food. Hey, do you want that in a large, medium, or small? I'd like that in the ultra maga, the regular maga, or the me, or the uh, moderate maga light, please. <laughs> is that what we're up against? Is that what the party's done for us? Is that what the mainstream media has categorized us for? What flavor of maga are you today? I know that we're the most extreme, radical political organization in the history of the United States. Are you maga light? like Liz Cheney, are you a regular MAGA like a Dr. Oz or are you an ultra extreme radical MAGA like Kathy Barnett? They've taken that into the Georgia election now because we have the Trump versus non-Trump candidate, the Trump versus Pence, the MAGA versus the establishment, the mainstream versus the radical fringe for the governor's race in the state as they continuously try to divide Republicans. Get us emotionally charged and get them to slide in with their candidate come the general election with Stacey Abrams in the state of Georgia. So what are voters going to do today? The polls are open right now, obviously going on throughout the end of the day today, and hopefully we'll get an answer there. But this has been a major, again, another focal point for the mainstream and the Democrats between Vice President Mike Pence, former Vice President Mike Pence campaigning for Kemp, which is the current governor of the state of Georgia running for re-election with a primary challenger of Purdue, where Trump has endorsed the primary candidate of Purdue challenging the current incumbent. Now, of course, Trump has the personal beef because of election laws that went on, and what he says was the rigged election in Georgia, which is why the swing state didn't allow Trump to actually win in the state of Georgia, which I'm not saying yay or nay. I tend to lean towards that's possible, but I don't know what the governor could have done or the secretary of state could have done at that time in the state of Georgia, but Trump's obviously got a beef with Kemp. So he endorsed the Purdue, the other candidate in the race. So this, again, is going to come down to a MAGA versus non-MAGA, quote-unquote, candidate. A Trump versus Pence candidate. The divisiveness within the Republican Party. Let's square up again. Let's get our boxing gloves on. And let's wait for the bell to ring because apparently we have to go at each other again. Very interesting how this race is going to play out when we're seeming to forget, especially on the Republican side, who the real enemy is here. Now. It's election day. Early voting's been up. Voting throughout the day has been skyrocketing all over. Massive turnout for this race. And that is after, by the way, they passed their election law that Democrats said was going to be voter suppression. I know. I know. I know. The voter suppression in this race That's going to keep minorities away from voting, away from turning out to the booth, away from being able to make their voice heard, trying to silence the minorities that predominantly vote Democrat so that way Republicans can steal the election. That's what the Democrats have said. If you remember, it got so extreme that the Major League Baseball Federation or organization, the MLB, whatever you want to call them, canceled the All-Star game last year that was supposed to be in Atlanta, Georgia, and moved it away from there into another state because they did not want to be part and work with a state that would, that would pass some type of ra- crazy, radical, wild voter suppression law to keep people from turning out on the vote. Now, that hasn't happened because the voter turnout is higher than it ever has been. A record turnout in the state of Georgia already. So now the Democrats have had to respond a little bit by the media coming out and saying, well, you know, they're turning out in spite of the voter suppression law. Wait a second. If the voter suppression law is in effect and we have the laws on the books, how are they turning out in spite of it? I'm waiting for an answer, Democrats. You can email me, network at gmail.com, because that doesn't make any sense. In fact, Stacey Abrams, who really has led the charge on voter fraud, in the last election where she came really, really close to trying to steal that uh, governor's race in the state of Georgia last time, has had to come out again today and clarify her position on what voter suppression is because it's not repealing people and repelling them from not showing up to the election and to the booth, but it really is just making their voice actually heard in the first place, apparently. We know
1: that increased turnout has nothing to do with suppression. Suppression is about whether or not you make it difficult for voters to access the ballot. Mm -hmm. And in Georgia, we know difficulty has been put in place for too many Georgians who wanted to vote by mail, who had to figure out a calendar of applying just early enough but not too late, who had to have wet signatures so they could print things out, take a picture, upload it. We know that across the state, counties have taken advantage of county election boards that have shifted their dynamic.
0: What are you talking about? Voter suppression isn't about suppressing votes. It's about the access to the ballot, having to take pictures, having to get registered in a certain amount of time. I'm sorry. I'm pretty sure that you can register to vote any time throughout the year, not just during election season. So now... Now that they've been caught and called out on their lies, voter suppression bill is going to stop people from turning out to the polls. It's not because it's turning out in records. The media took the road of, well, the people are turning out in spite of. They're trying to fight it. They're not going to allow Republicans to suppress it. So we're going to turn out in groves to try and prove the point that you can't turn us away which we say, <laughs> awesome, glad you made your voice heard, glad you showed up and actually voted. That's not harming us in any way, shape, or form. And then she says, well, it's not really about voter suppression. It's about access to the ballot or we something. Know
1: that increased turnout has nothing to do with suppression. Suppression is about whether or not you make it difficult for voters to access the ballot.
0: What? Voter suppression means that people can't vote. And if they have ac- hard times accessing the ballot then they wouldn't be able to vote because they couldn't access the ballot. So voter suppression, meaning that they have a hard time getting to the ballot, means they wouldn't be able to cast their vote or turning out in record droves to actually turn out to vote, meaning the voter suppression that you said was going to happen didn't actually happen because there is no voter suppression. I know that's a really elongated mansplaining for a woman that uh, – is on the far left side of the aisle it doesn't quite understand common sense but there you go there's my mansplaining to a democrat and a progressive that has a very difficult time explaining understanding common sense because you had to twist it because you got called out and you lied and you knew that voter suppression wouldn't happen but you tried to claim that because you don't like republicans taking control and making sure you can't cheat during an election wild concept we'll see what happens as the election results start coming in tonight
1: the voice of reason with Andy Hoosier. bring some reason into your day. This is The Voice of
0: Reason with Andy Hoosier. Welcome back into the program, 24 minutes past the hour, radio, TV, live streaming, podcasting, wherever you may be watching, listening. We appreciate you very much. So, election going on in the state of Georgia right now, ongoing, polls closing in what, about an hour and a half-ish, hour and 40 minutes, Eastern Time. So, we'll start seeing some things roll in later tonight. As of two days ago, according to Fox 5 Atlanta... The poll showed that on this on the Republican side, the Kemp was up predominantly. The gubernatorial uh, incumbent at fifty-two to thirty-eight over Purdue, which is the nominee from Trump, which if that is the case, that'll be one of the first ones really nationwide on a grand scale that the Trump endorsed nominee is not going to actually get it. So the media, of course, is going to be in a frenzy right now on the Trump endorsed candidate not getting the nomination, that Trump's losing his ability and influence in the power and uh, losing his influence within the party and what's happening to the Trump voters and why aren't they switching, which is a bunch of malarkey, as Joe Biden would say, because we know that he's won massive amounts of endorsements that have won the primaries over the last couple of months, and especially the big one that happened last week in the state of Pennsylvania with Dr. Oz. So don't fall for that crap, but you know what's going to happen if uh, Kemp ends up getting the nomination again by the end of the night tonight or tomorrow morning with those final numbers. But it also explains why Donald Trump has been relatively quiet on the line because he endorsed the other guy and he doesn't want to continue to campaign for him if they're going to lose. Donald Trump, as a business guy, does not like losers. Let's just be honest that way. If you're not able to hold your own and you're not able to do what you need to do or what's expected of you as Donald Trump wants you to, then you're going to be dropped. And that's a guy who's a corporate guy. That's, hey, do your job or else we need to get rid of you. So with Purdue in the polls right now dropping and not in the favorable position, we'll see if that's actually accurate tonight or not, really shows why Trump's been quiet because, well, he endorsed the guy, but he's not going to go out and waste time on campaigning for someone if they're not going to actually result in the victory that they're really looking for. But with the attention turning to Stacey Abrams. Now, Stacey Abrams herself, has had to do a little bit of damage control the last couple of days, which is why she made this case about the voter suppression, because she got caught during a private fundraising event saying that the state of Georgia was the worst state in the nation. I know. So let me get this straight. The state that you're running to become the governor for that you supposedly love because you want to represent the people there because you grew up there because you really like the state. You're out there telling the people that the state that they live in and that you want to represent for them is the worst state in the nation. And she got caught on record saying that, so obviously the Republicans are starting to shift gears and go towards her. Then she comes out and tries to lie about voter suppression, where voter suppression is not about the outcome of the, the election and the turnout, it's about the access, too. It's just making it more difficult. People actually have to jump through hoops and prove who they are in order to get their ballots and actually show an ID and actually have to turn out to the polls. I know it's very difficult things in today's times when you know we have the convenience of vehicles and state-issued driver's licenses and DMVs on every corner in the cities. I know it's a very difficult thing to be able to prove that stuff and get registered all year long if you live in the state, but to her, it's the most difficult thing to access the ballots. That doesn't necessarily mean it's going to reflect to voter turnout in some way, shape, or form, where they're seeing the record voter turnout. you got to remember, Stacey Abrams threw a fit about it because she was the first one. Have you seen the 2,000 mules from Dinesh Souza, the number of people that were dropping uh, mail-in ballots into drop boxes all over Georgia, all over the city of Atlanta, that really helped, according to that documentary, really swing the election in one way, shape, or form. If that is the case and if it is true, you got to remember Stacey Abrams was the one that created part of that system. She's the one with the governor's race a few years back where the middle of the night, oh, we totally forgot there was like four cases of mail-in ballots in the trunk of my car. I don't know where these came from. I guess we got to count them. She created that system, and now it's more difficult for her to do that again, so therefore she has to find some way to complain about it, even though it's backfiring in her face. All right, we'll shift gears a little bit. I don't want to spend the entire show on election time, but I'm excited. It's a patriotic day. You guys in Alabama, Georgia, Arkansas, get out to vote, make your voice heard, show up in the droves for Republicans, and let's show what we're all about. Voice of
1: Reason with Andy Hoosier. When Reason Meets Radio. You're listening to The Voice of Reason with Andy
0: Hoosier. Welcome back into the program. Thanks for hanging out here. Halfway through the show already, trying to cram that 10 pounds of Reason into that five pound bag, trying to rebrand the Millennial Generation One. Radio listener at a time. Thanks for hanging out with us today. Find us all over our social media at Hoosier Reason, H O O S E R, on all of our social media, plus the website at HoosierReason.com. I believe me i saw the comment i've been watching the news things going on right now i was waiting for a little bit more information as some news is starting to come in and the casualty rate has drastically increased over the last couple of minutes so i i we have to talk about it we can't not talk about this because this is devastating and if you're not aware of what's going on there is it's done, however, they are still trying to assess the damage of what's going on, but an elementary school in Texas has had a deadly shooting now, according to CNN. According to CNN, 15 individuals have died, including one teacher and 14 elementary school students. Now, this was a little bit earlier, according to Fox News, to where two were dead with multiple children hospitalized. So I don't know which one is correct as of right now or which one is the most updated. But uh, that is the latest that I have heard, is that there is unfortunately 15 dead, 15 killed in the school shooting, uh, according to the governor. One of them was a teacher. The rest are potentially students, multiple students going to the hospital. I'm going to try and not get too angry or sad, or emotional on this program, because this is a very difficult one, a very difficult one to talk about, for sure, obviously, because they're elementary school students. My daughter, who's about ready to turn eight years old, that just finished up second grade, that would be in her category, and that would be absolutely traumatizing to students, that would be absolutely traumatizing to the parents. For that young of age, it really makes you think about the lunacy, the mental health issues, the problems going on in the world right now to drive someone to want to walk into an elementary school with little children and start shooting up and acting out. I don't understand it in any school. I don't understand it in even high school. And I've told you, this story a few times on the program about my personal experience with a high school shooting, or I was involved in a high school shooting. My senior year of high school, and you can Google it. You can find it. It was Platte Canyon High School in September of 2006. You can look it up out of Bailey, Colorado. It happened, and it was something to where it makes me absolutely sick when I hear someone try and talk about guns, which you know is what's going to happen in this case as well. According to CNN, that uh, uh, Jean-Pierre, the new press secretary for the White House— is uh, did send out the tweet saying that the Joe Biden administration would speak on the issue, has been informed about the issue and would comment on the issue when he gets back to the White House later on this evening. You know what that's going to be. You know it because they're playing on two emotional hot buttons right now. That's going to be kids were involved. Little children were affected Little kids died, and it was because of a firearm. You know that's going to be the take that they take on it. It's going to push a few individuals that are already on the fence about gun regulations or gun confiscation or the Second Amendment in general. It's going to push them over the edge to start supporting more gun control agendas they're going to write up a bill in the next week to try and uh, regulate guns further the Biden administration is going to push everybody to support it and they're going to try and sign it if they can't do it by executive action it's going to reinforce their concept of pushing through their ATF director's nominee nominations it's going to reinforce their agenda going into an election season putting that on the ballot as they try and support abortion rights, and they try and support uh, CRT with critical race theory, and they try and support the gender identity crap in the elementary schools, then all of a sudden they seem like they care about the kids and actually want to get rid of firearms, all for the political purpose and the agenda. Now, I'm not saying that that's the reason for this shooting by any means, but you know damn well the Democrats are going to utilize this and take advantage. Never let a crisis go to waste, right? And that's what we're going to see, and this breaks my heart. Because no, like every time, like everything the government ever tries to touch, they always screw it up and they never address the real issue. And whether that's by intention or whether that's by ill intention, they have no clue what they're doing. Because I try to wrap my brain around the idea, the mindset someone has to be in to say, I'm going to go shoot up in elementary school. What would be the purpose? It's not a high schooler that's uh, like we saw, what was that, in Maryland a couple of years ago where the kid brought in a handgun to shoot up uh, his, his ex-girlfriend because he missed her and she broke up with them and he was heart torn and just completely devastated with her breaking up. So he had to bring a handgun and shoot his ex-girlfriend and the new boyfriend. It wasn't like that situation. We're in elementary school. We're talking kindergartners and first graders and second graders and third graders. And fourth, I don't remember when middle school starts. Whatever. You get the point. What would drive someone to do that? To want to walk into an elementary school and open fire means that you have so many demons in your closet that you don't know how to handle them. Meaning that you're not doing it for a purpose. You're doing it for the lack of purpose in life to self-destruct. That's the only reason that I could try and comprehend on why someone would want to do what they're doing. Because I don't know any other purpose. There's not a beef against them unless they went for with a beef against a teacher or something. And the kids were just collateral damage that they didn't give a crap about. But someone's conscience had to have popped in their head at that point and be like, you know, maybe I should wait until after the school. So why you would do that, again, blows my mind. Right now they don't have a motive. They do have the individual captured. So that's good news at least. But are you going to get anything? Are they going to claim insanity? You would have to because you would have to be an insane person to shoot up an elementary school. Why you would shoot, a, shoot up a high school? I don't know. In my example, and I've told this story a few times, but it was my senior year of high school. It was uh, the, it was at 10, 15 in the morning. We got done with our first period, our first class of school. I had French class that day, and the gal that ended up dying, I took French class with her, the class right prior to. I sat there and chatted with her. We had plans to hang out after school that afternoon. 20 minutes later, we walk into new classrooms. I was downstairs in the computer lab. The classroom directly above us in the up on the second floor was the English class Where an individual in his mid-40s, I believe, from Denver, Colorado, where we were in Bailey, Colorado. And for those that don't know, that's about a 45-minute drive up the mountains as a, not a suburb, but way out of the way for Denverites to really make a haul up into the mountains to a school that had 400 high school students. My graduating class was 112 students total. 400 students in the entire high school, relatively small community. An individual that had suicide on the mind wrote an 18-page suicide letter to his family saying that they would regret the things that he was going to do. Drove up there with a backpack full of firearms and very sick adult toys because he wanted to molest girls before he ended it as well. Walked into the classroom, fired off a shot, told all the boys and the teacher to get out of the classroom, kept six girls in the classroom, and assaulted each one of them. When he was done, would let them out and said it would all be over by 4 p.m. Now, remember, this is at 10:15 in the morning when it first happened. And the first shot happened right above us where we thought, down in the computer lab where I was at, that someone dropped a chair or some kind of loud bang. That was kind of strange. What the heck was that? Soon after, the alarms went off with a code, code white, code red, whatever it was, to warn the teachers of what was going on. We locked the doors and we sat there for hours. At 4 o'clock, it was all done. There was one girl left in the classroom, and then when the SWAT team busted through the door and blew the hole in the wall to charge after him at four when he said it would be done, she was the last one in, took off running, and got shot in the back of the head and passed away. Good friend of mine, unfortunately. That's what happens in a small town. What motive was there? There was no motive. He wanted to do something terrible. He had a lot of demons in his closet, and he wanted to end his life and go out with a bang and take as many people down with him because he was that sick in the head. Now, please, someone, if you're on the other side of the aisle, if you're a moderate, if you're kind of wishy-washy on the Second Amendment, don't quite understand this issue, explain to me in any fashion how gun control, getting rid of handguns, because that's what he used was a handgun, it wasn't an assault rifle, it wasn't an AR-15, it wasn't any of that, it was a handgun that you can easily get a background check for. You can go and purchase at your store if you have no priors because background checks only look at what you've done, not what you're going to do, obviously. Got the handgun and went and did something like that. Ended the life of a 17-year-old girl, 16-year-old girl, whatever she was at the time, 16, I believe, and shook up an entire community and a scar that all of us that were involved with it have to deal with for the rest of our lives. Now these kids, it, Breaks my heart. Breaks my heart, man. To think about five, six, and seven-year-olds that had to go through this with 14, 13, 14 of their friends, of their schoolmates that won't be showing up to school anymore. The parents that had to just get started. Explain to me how gun control could stop something like this. So horrendous, so evil in the world. Explain to me how that would stop it, because you know exactly that's what it's going to be. It's not going to be just the thoughts and prayers. It's not going to be we need to do something productive, as in trying to enhance the ability for teachers to have more self-defense in the classroom with uh, programs, which there are programs out there for teachers to be able to arm themselves or to make sure there's more security at the school to make sure something like this doesn't happen or to focus on mental health issues to where people wouldn't want to do this crap in the first place. None of that you're going to hear. In his comments later on tonight from the Biden administration, Joe Biden himself. But instead, it's going to be the political propaganda to say we need more gun control. We need more gun restrictions. And we need to make sure that our children are safe. By not making children safe and putting up a bigger gun-free zone in front of the school to let the criminal know that if they want to harm somebody, it's not going to be at this school, buddy, because it's a gun-free zone. And you're obviously going to follow the law. This is sick. And one thing, one small fraction of what the Democrats say is correct, we're tired of hearing about this news. We're tired of it. But what you're doing is enabling it. You're avoiding the major issues. You're avoiding the problem at hand. You're avoiding the real issues in society. You're enabling these to do more because you want to focus on a political agenda that you have been brainwashed in and fallen for thinking that you're actually doing something I never want to see a single child ever hurt again like this, which means I want every teacher to be armed to the hilt to second guess any shooter for them to walk into the building in the first place.
1: With Andy Hoosier. Fighting for freedom every day, the voice of reason with
0: Andy Hoosier. Welcome back into the program. Last couple of minutes here as we wrap up the show today. Unfortunate day for sure as a shooting happened again down in Texas. What did they say about eighty miles out of San Antonio? Fourteen students, one teacher dying as of right now. NBC News doesn't report a motive right now. From what we've seen, eighty-three miles south, eighty-three miles west of San Antonio. Uh, They say that the shooter, who was fatally wounded uh, or just severely wounded in the shootout with officers, two officers also uh, hit in the incident as well. They believe that he abandoned his vehicle and entered Rob Elementary School with a handgun, also may have had a rifle as well. Uh, He shot and killed horrifically and incomprehensibly 14 students and killed a teacher. The mass casualty incident was reported no longer active as of this afternoon. Students right now are being reunited with families at the high school in another building so not a whole lot of motive right now not sure what's going on but uh walking in there abandoning his car meaning he had this planned it wasn't some irrational thing walking in there with a handgun and a rifle and families of the deceased were being notified as well this was as of about 20 minutes ago from nbc news so thoughts and prayers to everybody out there devastating ordeal again we can speculate motives we can speculate we'll probably never get an answer probably never get an answer on what's going on and what happened here, but um, hopefully we can get something at some point to understand. Uh, Governor Greg Abbott from the state of Texas did make some comments here as well. Uh, An 18-year-old male who resided in Uvalde. uh, It's believed that he abandoned his vehicle and entered into uh, the Robb Elementary School in Uvalde with, with a handgun, and he may have also had a rifle, but that is not yet confirmed according to my most recent report uh he shot and killed horrifically incomprehensibly uh 14 students uh, and killed a teacher uh, Mr uh, Romus the shooter uh, he is he uh, he himself uh, is deceased uh, and is believed that responding officers killed him all right all right so that was it that was Governor Greg Abbott. So the shooter is dead. Again, well, guess we will never know the motive there. 18-year-old individual walking in and doing that one. I'm sure they'll do an investigation on the social media. We can only speculate, but thoughts and prayers on that one. Who knows? That's, and again, it's going to open up that entire can of worms regarding individuals, young individuals having access to firearms. This is going to be the entire conversation you're going to hear from the left wing for the next few days, uh, trying to push... Unfortunately, during election season, they will capitalize on this as a political gain of we need more gun control. Democrats are going to push for this gun control down in Texas where it's a little more loosey-goosey and everybody gets a firearm with their you know bottle of whiskey when they go to the liquor store kind of thing. That uh, We can't have that and that a young 18-year-old is able to obtain a firearm, walk into an elementary school that uh, holds second through fourth graders and open fire at that school. It's unfortunate. It breaks my heart. It angers me beyond belief. And you're right, we need to do something. What's being done right now is, like usual, the opposite direction of what actually has to happen here. So uh, outside of that, we don't have any other more information other than the fact that 14 students are dead, one student's dead, and other students are being reunited with families. As we know, they were being taken to the high school to be counted and make sure everybody's there and is safe And uh, then they'll be reunited with the family there. Corrine Jean-Pierre, the uh, secretary for the White House, press secretary, made the comment saying that Biden has been briefed on the shooting and is set to speak later on this evening. According to her tweet just a little bit ago, President Joe Biden has been briefed on the horrific news of the elementary school shooting in Texas and will continue to be briefed regularly as information becomes available. There's a lot of sick people in the world, isn't there? lot of sick individuals that just do really horrible things. It reminds me of the the quote from The Dark Knight. Anybody remember that? I was actually talking about this movie earlier today with a colleague, The Dark Knight with Christian Bale and then Heath Ledger is the Joker, the really creepy psychological joker that was his greatest performance until he ended up dying because it drove him crazy by doing that performance. There was a quote in there from Alfred, if you remember, talking to Batman about whether he should fight this and what the motive was for the Joker to be playing the games that he was. And he said, sometimes There are people that just want to watch the world burn. There's no motive. There's no reason. They just want to watch the world burn. There are demons inside them that just want to do horrendous things. And you can't get rid of it. You can't stop it. You can't change it. We need to try. We need to focus on mental health issues. We need to refocus on some family values. We need to get rid of this horrendous economy to where people don't get pushed to an ultimate maximum to do something stupid. We need to make sure that people are okay and not being bullied, or at least know how to stand up to bullies because you're never going to get rid of bullying either. But we need to do something. But there are always going to be those that just want to watch the world burn. And that is a major reason why the Second Amendment is out there for us to defend ourselves and make sure that when those people try to watch the world burn, we can put them out and stop them dead in their tracks, which is what we have to start doing immediately. That does it for us today. Podcast up in just a little bit back at it tomorrow. Until then, we'll see you on the radio.